Division and of darkness. Break me down with all of your hatred, and your journey towards the dark side will be complete. Embrace anger, thrive on chaos, but in the shadow of lies. So this is how liberty dies, with thunderous applause. the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea three hours of bold truth excellence and optimism for america the wendy bell radio program Welcome back. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program. Hey, join our million and a half person download army. Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, just plug in that name. Boom, you're going to get our site downloaded onto your phone, onto your device, and take us with you wherever you go. Love to have you part of our family, so welcome home. It, it has to be very... It has to be very difficult for people on the left who have tried so hard... Not just to ruin Donald Trump, but to ruin America. To see the spirit and the love of regular, everyday Americans push back against that. And these are regular, everyday Americans, ostensibly, who are cherry-picked for any... Not even cherry-picked. That's not the right term. They find themselves ensconced in these polls. And you know how I feel about polls. Some things are interesting. Some things are laughable. It's sort of an intriguing conversation. This this is going to tick off a lot of people out there. How about this? This is on Breitbart. Survey. Donald Trump wins electoral college versus Biden, who smokes DeSantis. I don't know what, what part of that is more horrifying and depending on who is listening so we have a year to go before this election joe biden we see increasingly disconnected he doesn't know where he is jill's got to come to the rescue he shakes hands with nothing he falls down has to go up the baby steps sits at the at grandma's fold-out table we never see him in real presidential environments He's deeply embroiled in scandal. The biggest, the biggest story, the biggest story in the world is the one that they will not cover. And it is the alleged criminality of the sitting president of the United States who has been arguably on the dole, on the take for the better part of 15 years. 
That is the number one breaking news headline eclipsing all other stories out there. And the media refused to cover it. But the drip and the drip and the program such as this that share with you what is going on, it has made a difference. And it now doesn't even seem close. Joe Biden does not stand a prayer, according to this most recent poll. Here it is. Former President Donald Trump would win the Electoral College over President Joe Biden, but, and this is amazing, but Biden, weekend at Bernie's, right, would trounce Governor Ron DeSantis, according to an analysis from Stack Data Strategy. Now, this isn't some 537-person poll. This isn't we're going to grab people outside Chick-fil-A and we're going to ask them a couple questions. This is an analysis of 15,205 registered voters across the country. The in-depth survey conducted from October 13th to November 3rd and released in Politico on Monday found that Trump would garner 292 electoral votes and win back the White House in a hypothetical general election matchup with Biden, who would secure 246 electoral votes. Isn't that just, isn't that just amazing to you? However, bah, 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 Biden would narrowly win the popular vote, like Hillary Clinton, 49 to 48%. Now, they're calling it a shock poll. If you're paying attention, are you shocked? I mean, what would it take to shock you? If the smoking gun was under your bed, that would be shocking. Other than that, I'm going to go with mm, maybe that it's your fingerprints on the baggie of cocaine (laughs) in the White House. Maybe that would be shocking. Nothing else is shocking. Trump also beats Vice President Kamala Harris and Governor Gavin Newsom in hypothetical matchups. Who would vote for these clowns? Gavin Newsom is being absolutely swallowed by the effects of his crappy leadership in California, a la and vis-a-vis the migrant crisis. Kamala Harris is just dumb. Right? Move on. Not much more to say there. So here are are the nuts and bolts here. In a hypothetical race between Biden and DeSantis, Biden obliterates the Florida governor in a landslide carrying 359 electoral votes to DeSantis's 179 in this scenario. Think about that. Ron DeSantis is disliked and distrusted and not elevated in any kind of a presidential fashion so much in this poll, so much right now in this moment in American history that a demented, corrupt Lying, two-faced, dog, pony, whatever the hell he is. What is it, Brock? Dog-faced pony soldier. (laughs) So stupid. That he would beat. Weekend at Bernie's would beat Ron DeSantis. Ron. Oh, Ron. You got bad intel. I told you, you had bad intel. The day you decided to go for it was the day I said your political career was over. What did I say is the only way for Ron DeSantis to save any kind of political face?
I said he had to do it. On stage at a debate, he needed to publicly withdraw from the election and to say that everybody on that debate stage should use the moderator's question and their requisite time given to answer the questions to support President Trump. To create a united front. United we stand. United to elect the one person who I believe can fix the lion's share of this destruction. Taking a deeper look at the race between the leading candidates, Trump and Biden. Trump takes four states he lost in 2020, but won in 2016. Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania. What? And Wisconsin. Conversely, Biden holds on to Michigan, which Trump won in 2016. These states were pivotal in deciding the last two presidential elections and will be instrumental in determining the next commander in chief. In the stack data survey, Trump wins Arizona by 1.4 percentage points. In 2020, Biden won the Grand Canyon state by just 0.3 percent. Trump holds the support of 50.3 percent of registered voters in Georgia, and that would give him a 3.3 percent advantage over Biden in the Peach State. Trump has a 2.3 percent lead over Biden in Pennsylvania, which Biden won um, allegedly after that 11th hour. Oh, snap. We got 600,000 ballots all of a sudden. What? And he won. Biden did by 80,555 votes. That makes sense. (laughs) So stupid. They think you're so stupid. Biden allegedly won by 2.2 percent in 2020. In Wisconsin, where less than 1% decided Biden is the winner in 2020, Biden trails by one. Blah, blah, blah. The poll also shows Trump beating Biden in Nebraska's 2nd Congressional District, which went blue in 2020 by a margin of 48.8% to 46.9%. Suppose Trump is the nominee and was to maintain all of his 2020 wins while adding Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and... The electoral vote from Nebraska's 2nd Congressional District into the win column in 2024. In that case, he would reach 292 electoral votes, eclipsing the 270 mark needed to win. And what's also fascinating about this, Trump ends up winning Nevada in this poll when independent presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Green Party candidate Cornell West are included on the ballot, according to Politico. The takeaway for me, though, is that each party, Democrats and Republicans, you're not going to gain anybody by switching to anybody else. You will lose. It's going to be Trump-Biden. And if it's going to be Trump-Biden, preventing a monster, apocalyptic, cataclysmic cheat mechanism, which, of course, we can't put past the uniparty, Donald Trump, according to this, will be the 47th president of the United States. I think it's fun to to talk about it. It, Are all my eggs in this basket? They are not. But this is now the fourth major poll in seven days to confirm that Joe Biden is, in fact, officially screwed. Don't go anywhere. Coming up on the Wendy Bell Radio program, we've got a serious last half hour. And I'm going to play something for you. I'm actually going to read something to you. They are not going to be able to avoid the lawsuits over these vaccine mandates. 
The walls are closing in, and we need to get ready for that. We will. Don't go anywhere. It's important. Next. There are some off-limits topics in this country. It used to be we didn't talk about sex, money, religion, and politics. Polite people, well, that's chucked through the wind, right? To the wind. Now it's you're not allowed to talk about election fraud. You're not allowed to talk about Ray Epps. You're not allowed to talk about what else? Anything related to the, to the virus. You're not allowed to talk about vaccine injuries and people dying. What, what's going on? Well, look, if you aren't able to have information from which you can make your own conclusions, then, then what are we doing? I'm not here to snow anybody and groupthink you or browbeat you into a behavior. We need to have exposure to multiple kinds of information. And that is why this George Soros-funded courier BS news outlet that's disguised as journalism, that's really propaganda, this is why these things are coming out. If you can't control the facts because you've manipulated the facts and the facts are you suck, that whether you're corrupt or you cheated or it was bad for us or you said the virus was going to kill us when you knew that the vaccine was far more dangerous for far more healthy individuals, at some point the truth has to come out. And I ought not be a danger for sharing some of these details with you. That's why I tell you where you can find these stories. This one's on the Vigilant Fox dot substack.com but it's out there because dr mccullough is connected to this and we've had him on the show multiple times here is your headline obgyn drops alarming miscarriage data before congress i've never seen this before dr kimberly biss who is an obgyn who has been involved in more than 8,000 pregnancies, details how miscarriage rates have doubled year over year since the introduction of the COVID-19 injections. Look, I know there are going to be a lot of people in the medical profession who are knowing and connecting these dots, who are mortified that without any kind of due diligence, they accepted what the medical conglomerate system told them to do. Everybody's got to get this vaccine. It's safe and effective. If you get it, it stops with you. It's your duty. It's for the greater good. It's magic. All of it was garbage. And if COVID did one thing for us, it snapped us out of a slumber of believing people who long ago stopped deserving our trust. And sadly, your medical institution, the entirety of pharma, all of the NIH, FDA, CDC, all of them, they're all garbage. It is terrible to say that. I trust no one. I don't trust the Journal of the American Associate, American Medical Association. I don't trust anybody. I've never seen this before, testified Dr. Kimberly Biss. OBGYN, 8,000 pregnancies before Congress in the injuries caused by COVID-19 vaccines hearing Monday. How many of your patients or pregnant women that you know of experience miscarriage after taking the COVID-19 vaccines or injections? Asked Marjorie Taylor Greene, 
Dr. Biss first explained that the vaccination rate among her patient population was about 60% and that most of her patients received three injections. Very few received four or more. What's concerning, detailed Dr. Biss, is that the majority of the patients received their injections in 2021 and early 2022. However, we are still seeing lingering effects. Last year, Dr. Biss reached out to Dr. Jessica Rose, again, somebody we found on the program, an accomplished applied mathematician, excuse me, an accomplished applied mathematician, and shared her practice's data for Dr. Rose to conduct an in-depth analysis, which she summarized in a Substack publication. The chart includes the number of miscarriages compared to the number of new patients that Dr. Biss received for each particular year. Dr. Biss testified before Congress that her miscarriage rate in 2020 was about 4%. That number doubled in 2021 to approximately 8%. Alarmingly, the miscarriage rate doubled again in 2022, all the way up to a staggering 15%. What's quoted in my obstetric textbook And in some articles is that a normal miscarriage rate is 13 to 15 percent. I've never seen that clinically attested Dr. Biss. She shared a comprehensive study performed by other colleagues, which found the average miscarriage rate to be about 5.39 percent. And even that's a little high, she said. The miscarriage rate in her practice was only 4 percent for the year 2020. I've never seen this before. We had 41 newly registered patients. 13 of them lost their babies. So that's 31.7% right there. So that opens the door to where we are going next. The Department of Justice's federal mandates are federal medical mandates in this country. How many of you had to do something that Jacob Chansley refused to do that cost him his naval career? And what does it look like people are doing to sue for fraud and negligence? Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Now, anybody out there who wants to just hit the fast forward button and skip just right by this American chapter of history called COVID. Obviously does not want to know the inconvenient truth that Dr. Fauci's fingerprints are all over the damn virus that killed 7 million people on the planet. And he lied to Congress about it. He lied repeatedly about it. Senator, you do not know what you were talking about. Yeah, we do. There's the documents. We see the money. It was over $3 million. Peter Daszak, Ralph Barrick, UNC Chapel Hill, Bat Lady, Wuhan Institute of Virology. Remember all of the experiments at that weird lab in Montana. What? With bat samples from where? The Wuhan Institute of Virology? That is like... So crazy that they were doing some weird gain-of-function studies here in the United States a year before COVID. But I'm sure it's all just, you know, coincidence. This is inspiring for a lot of people. And it's an article written in the New York Post by Miranda Devine. She is awesome. A COVID-19 vaccine vaccine reckoning is coming for the DOJ over federal 
mandates. And you say, well, I don't work for the federal government, so this doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to pay attention. You're wrong. The Justice Department has just posted a new jobs ad. Apparently, they're looking for eight new attorneys to defend the federal government in vaccine injury cases. That's, that's so weird, right? Presumably, the hiring spree is in anticipation of a surge of COVID vaccine lawsuits as people who were forced by government mandates to take the jab and suffered serious side effects as a result tried to extract compensation from a system that is stacked against them. You know, when they started pushing something that because it was pushed through haphazardly and hurriedly, thanks to the FDA regulators, many of whom quit because the system clearly got so corrupt and dirty they couldn't handle it. Kind of like Capitol Police officers who have a weird spate of suicides or these sheriff deputies in Los Angeles who all seem to die within 24 hours. Four of them. It's so weird. It's almost like they're trying to tell us something. Don't wrap yourself in an emergency use authorization that protects you from litigation. You did that because you knew what you were doing was evil and wrong. Quote, the office is currently expanding to address workload created by an increase in cases filed under the Vaccine Act. Reads the ad posted by the Torts Branch of the DOJ on its USA Jobs website. Oh, they're getting ready. The recruitment drive comes on the heels of a little-noticed lawsuit filed in Louisiana last month by six vaccine-injured plaintiffs against the federal government. The suit aims to overturn the legal immunity that pharmaceutical giants like Pfizer and Moderna enjoy on their COVID shots. Not that any of the lawyers involved expect Big Pharma to pay up. I don't like that. But if at least they win, it should force Congress to reform inadequate vaccine injury compensation schemes that were instituted almost 40 years ago as an alternative to suing drug companies out of existence, but that have not kept up with the times. Almost 13,000 Americans who claim the COVID-19 vaccine caused them or their dead loved ones adverse reactions such as the life-threatening heart ailments myocarditis or the debilitating immune disorder Guillain-Barre syndrome remain in limbo after doing what they were told was, quote, the right thing. Heeding government mandates to submit to the jab. Now, this is selfishly where I have respect for Jacob Chansley. Jacob Chansley, back in 2007, didn't want to get the anthrax vaccine as part of the Navy. It was required. I don't want to get your five shots. I don't want the booster every year. Sadly, then you must be discharged. You can no longer serve in the Navy. And he said, okay, I'm okay with that. And he left. 13,000 Americans. So that's one side of this story. Clearly, the Department of Justice, when putting out a list, hey, community bulletin board. Here's our, anybody have a push pin? Hey, Earl, Earl, get out of there. I need a push pin. (laughs) We need to put this up in the community center, right? We need lawyers who can help defend us from sucking. Well, 
Good luck with that. On the flip side of evil is this story. This is from Robert F. Kennedy. You know, he's that vaccine denier who's not. But that's what they want to call him because he has very inconvenient truths about vaccines. Show us that you tested them. That's where his activism comes from. Show us before you say, hey, everybody's got to get this. As a mom of five, I am ashamed to admit to you that I barely questioned ever our doctor, the pediatrician who said, this is what you do. We're going to have this today. We're going to do this. All of my kids are vaccinated, but not for this. Where was I? Not thinking critically, not asking the correct questions on cruise control. Children'sHealthDefense.org headline, industry uh, insurance, industry execs alarmed by surge in deaths among young people, but they stop short of blaming COVID shots. Did you hear some of the publications? This is going to be part of my Newsmax program this weekend. Make sure you tune in. Where they're trying to blame these excess deaths, which they can't cover up. They can't say, oh, nah, that's wrong. You know, the DOD did that with its DMED data. When they found out that the percentage of testicular cancer and ovarian cancer among members of the military was like 4,000% more. And they're like, oh, oh um, silly us. That was a um, that was a glitch. That was a glitch. We missed a decimal point. We'll, we'll come back to you. Let's fix this and then we'll, we'll resubmit because they think you're stupid. They can't talk this away. According to Insurance Newsnet, insurers are especially concerned by data from the CDC that shows mortality rates alarmingly rising for different categories, including younger adult mortality rates that are up more than 20% above historic norms in 2023. What could it be? What could it be? Uh, really? Executives at the largest insurance companies in the United States are alarmed that teenagers, young, and white-collar Americans in the prime of life are inexplicably dying at a record pace, causing a, quote, monumental outflow of death claims and drag on profits that is shaking the industry and causing some to take a fresh look at the problem. I'm going to go with the problem is the vaccine, which they knew during phase one sucked. It killed 1,223 people. They pulled the swine flu jab after 50 people died. 1,223, Maybe it's just a coincidence, said people who wanted to get rich. Huh, so many new billionaires in our midst. So weird. According to an October 26 report in Insurance News Net, U.S. insurance companies expected higher than normal payouts from excess deaths during the COVID-19 pandemic. Insurers saw death benefits rise 15.4% in 2020. It's almost like you're... Your miscarriage rate. It's so weird. So weird. People are dying. Young people dying. Babies dying. Like, what's going on? The biggest one-year increase since the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic, followed by a record $100.28 billion, 
which is nearly double the historic norm in total death benefits paid out by the industry in 2021. The numbers were naturally forecasted to climb during the pandemic, but some industry and health authorities are concerned the rates haven't greatly diminished as COVID infection rates have declined. And everybody looking around the room, I I wonder what it could be. Huh. Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Come on. According to... The CDC numbers reported in August, the death rate for Americans ages 15 to 45. You ready? You better get ready. I don't know if you're going to be ready. Rose 20 to 24 percent above normal in 2020 and soared in 2021 to a nearly 30 percent death increase for 15 year olds. And a more than 45% increase for 45-year-olds. Look, most young people don't die. Common sense. And what did we say during all of COVID? What did we do with our BS board and the stupid ink on the dry erase thing? We hunted and pecked through all of their CDC data that they made increasingly more complicated to find. Buried in here and connected to this, it would take hours. And we put it up there for you. What is the likelihood of your child who is seven, who doesn't have, what, morbid obesity, who doesn't have some congenital heart defect, who isn't fighting cancer or some other issue, if you've got a normal kid... Their chance of surviving COVID was 99.9997%. And we had Fauci and Walensky and Collins and Biden and all of these hacks. Vaccinate your kids. A 30% increase in deaths among 15-year-olds. Houston, We've got a problem, and it's called your federal government. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Childrenshealthdefense.org continues. Even 20-somethings dying at a rate nearly 15% above normal. You know, that's alarming to me. I have two of my sons over the age of 20. And one made an adult decision to get vaccinated because he wanted to go to college. Where are all the college presidents? Where's your woke faculty? Where's your diversity, equity, and inclusion suck now? Where's all of your environmental social governance core? Oh, Klaus Schwab and, and, and BlackRock and the World Economic Forum, they love us. So, I mean, I know we got all of you people sick and a bunch of you died. But look, our social score called darkness ladies and gentlemen it's called total darkness the excess deaths and the record drag on insurance company revenue and the predictive chaos in the actuarial tables they represent alarmed the society of actuaries the world's largest professional actuarial organization you can't you can't erase those away You can't chalk that up to a data glitch. You can't say that somebody forgot to carry the one. There there is no erasing that. And it will come out and it will 
be known. And there will be a reckoning. And there will be the medical professionals looking themselves in the mirror saying, oh my God. Oh my God. You deserve something, ladies and gentlemen, and I like to say this. In our you are now dumber category today. (laughs) Right? I have a, a very special story for you. I know you all have been watching as I have, waiting for Paul Pelosi to testify against the MAGA Republican. (laughs) You you can't do anything but laugh. I mean... The MAGA Republican who was living in a VW bus (laughs) with a rainbow flag outside and Black Lives Matter emblazoned in his heart who loved Donald Trump, not... who broke into his house with a hammer... And bonked him over the head saying, where's Nancy? Of course, this is one of those ancillary stories of madness. Those unhinged MAGA extremists. Well, it's unfortunate if the guy's walking around with a hammer and a hacky sack, I'm going to go with he's probably not with the GOP. Okay? Nevertheless, Paul Pelosi testifies in his federal trial of the man accused of attacking him with a hammer. And I just wanted wanted to give you a little bit of this because this is... This is what they think you're going to believe. You ready? Here we go. Post-millennial. On Monday, Paul Pelosi, the husband of former House Speaker Nance, testified in the federal trial of David DePape, DePap, whatever, the man accused of attacking him with a hammer in October of 2022. Pelosi said that he woke up the night of the attack when, quote, the door opened and a very large man came in with a hammer in one hand. And some ties in the other hand. He said, where's Nancy? And that woke me up. (laughs) Please. DePape, Pelosi said, was around two to four feet away from him when he woke up. Yo, they had Secret Service monitoring their house from Washington, D.C. If this is the same Secret Service that's monitoring Joe Biden's granddaughter in the Georgetown neighborhood before a carjacking. Or the cocaine in the White House. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> right? What are we doing? He said it was, quote, a tremendous shock to realize someone broke in the house. I recognized that I was in serious danger. I tried to stay calm as possible. Now, we always were a little befuddled by this because the chopper video outside the Pelosi Palace shows broken glass on the outside of the house. And if you're breaking into the inside of the house and you went with your hammer, there would be the glass going inward too. It was very, right? No, he did that to throw them off the case. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So there's no alert, no siren, no nothing. And apparently Paul Pelosi sleeps very soundly. He couldn't hear. right? And this guy, this very large man is next to him. Okay. Pelosi was able to get his cell phone and call from the bathroom. How does he get his cell? But his phone was snatched away. He said his best chance to survive was to meet the responding police downstairs, telling DePape, since all your stuff is downstairs, why don't we go downstairs? You can tie me up and then you can get some sleep. What? What? 
Is one of my 15-year-olds uh, doing the, the, the defense here or the, the prosecution? What's happening? Pelosi said he reached for DePape's hand when police arrived, the hand which held the hammer before he was pushed away and struck with the object. Are you following this? I love how it goes from <laughs> hammer to object. Because we know it wasn't a hammer. It, it had batteries in it. Pelosi testified that once DePape <laughs> hit him in the head with a hammer, the next thing he remembered was waking up in a pool of blood. He couldn't recall specific details. Thank God, though, now he can, with some quite quite a bit of clarity to have verbatim conversations here remembered. But he said he remembered being put into the ambulance and being taken to the hospital. Pelosi reportedly said he hasn't discussed the day with anyone. And that he has encouraged his family not to as well because it would be traumatic for them. And he doesn't want to relive this. Uh, Okay. If this is the machine of um, fallacious ridiculosity that we're up against, okay, Scooby and Jaggy can crack all these cases. These are the same people that came up with Joe Biden got 81 million votes. I mean, come on. What are we doing? He got hit in the head with a hammer. There was a flood. Come on. It was a water main break. It was serious. Everybody go home. We're just going to put up some paper on the windows. I don't want to. (laughs) Right. Come on. We're better than this, ladies and gentlemen. Better always than the sock. I hope you feel invigorated. Then you come back tomorrow. Until then, peace.